I have mentioned this quote a couple of times in the last week or two since I saw Michelle Obama's documentary. She said, if we can open up a little more to each other and share our stories, our real stories, that's what breaks down barriers. But in order to do that, we have to believe your story has value. Be vulnerable, dare to be vulnerable. And the two speakers today are courageously speaking their story. And I just want to thank them first and foremost for participating as speakers tonight in this SAGE event. SAGE's platform for the listeners who may be new um, to what SAGE is, I just want to start by explaining briefly what our platform is all about. So as someone who's going through something, you sometimes have that conversation with someone who just gets it because they've been through it and they have that perspective to give you. But those conversations are often by chance. And so I wanted to remove the happenstance and make those conversations really easy to find. These events are, are providing an added opportunity for our community to really hear from women and hear their real stories um, and getting vulnerable, like I said, and really um, getting real with the issues that we go through, uh, reducing stigma, empowering each other. So Kayla, who will be speaking first, followed by Lisa, and then at the end we'll have an open discussion where you can ask each of them any question you may have about their journey. Thank you, Linda, so much for inviting me to speak today. I'm really honored to be among all of you and to connect with like-minded women um, on this, through this platform. Um, so thank you so much for reaching out again and inviting me to speak and share my story. So a little bit about me. Um, I am currently a certified life and health coach. And, you know, it didn't happen. I'm only 25. I don't have much life experience, but I can say that within the last year, I have gone through a very transformational part um, in my life that I find that I am in this new rebirth of, of who I am. I finally found that person, um, but it didn't start out that way. A year ago, in the beginning of May, I had made the decision to uh, end my life. It was a very, um, a very thought out decision, I have to say, actually. It and when I decided to make that choice, it was because of the emotional pain and trauma and abuse that I had experienced throughout my life. And I had enough. I had said to myself, you know, this cannot be the way, this cannot continuously be what my life will be like. And I didn't really know what to expect, but Life had a different plan for me because um, what happened failed through and the attempt did not work. And so I kind of had to sit in the hospital and make a decision for myself. I had to sit there and say, will I continue to allow life to knock me down on my feet? And will I continuously find myself in the hospital trying to end my pain, end my pain, or can I look at this as, as my rebirth? Can I look at this as a new start to, to change my, my life? Because I am 
not happy with with everything. I'm not happy. I, every day I had to ask myself, am I doing something that's going to bring me closer to the life that I want to create? And through the help of my therapist and my psychiatrist and my family and my friends, those choices became easier for me to make because I was able to have a support system always to rely on when I felt like maybe my emotional pain was too much to deal with. So really my story and what drove me to come into this new rebirth, as I said before, um, were two things. Choices, knowing that there is power in choosing everything and that choice is my freedom. And with choice, I can always um, feel in control of my life. And mindfulness. Mindfulness was the, really the root of managing my own emotional, my emotional pain, the trauma that I've experienced, the abuse that I experienced, and you know, even just future pains of life. If I expected something to happen, I could be mindful and bring myself back to the present moment to kind of understand what I'm going through and to bring myself always to a place of center and groundness, um, grounding. Whew, that's a lot. You know, I talk about this story and I, I've now talked about it more frequently this year. Um, when I first was in the hospital, I never thought that I'd be wanting to share it because I was embarrassed of saying that I attempted suicide and that, you know, how could I attempt suicide when there's just so much pain in the world and there's just so much, um, you know, other problems. But I like to think that my story wasn't one of dying. It was one of, of, of saying, this can't be it. And slowly I was able to get, um, remove myself from people who also were triggering for me. I found that I can actually live a pain-free life because I have the choice to choose something different. I have the choice to always choose something that aligns with my core values and my beliefs. I'm never in a place of pain or discomfort because I know that it's not long lasting. I've learned that bringing myself back to the present moment always is something that's gonna help me be, be a better human being, be a better listener, be a better friend, be a better daughter, and sister, person, um, the mindfulness aspect of it is really where I found liberation from my pain as well. And so that's why I drive that choice is really the freedom. Choice is choosing freedom and liberation because I could have chosen to stay with my pain and never ever let it go, never let it be free, and just accept that my life was never going to change, but then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this new insight and this new, this new life. And so in a, in, a, in a very spiritual way, I feel like I did, um, I was reborn again, you know? I feel like in a very, in a soul way that I found my authentic self through all this pain, that these were lessons to be learned and though very painful and, pushed me to the end, 
I still was able to choose something different. On the second one, I went to my therapist a week or two later, and I was sitting there, and we were both quiet, and he looked at me, and he, he had just actually graduated um, his school, so he's a, new, he's a new therapist, and so he's new to his practice. I'm one of his like first clients. And he just watched me and I sat there and I said, I'm, I said, I'm sorry that I did this because I don't want you to think that this is your fault. You didn't do anything wrong as my therapist. I'm just um, very sad and depressed. And he said, I understand that. Um, I'm gonna offer you something. Would you like to give life a try? Pretty low. And here I am, curious as ever to keep going and moving on and choosing, just choosing to give life a try and sharing my story so that it opens um, avenues for others who are feeling the same way or having similar experiences to know that one, suicidal thoughts and attempts are common and normal. Um, but you don't have to go through them alone. They can feel isolating, but you don't have to go through them alone. Because I've been there, um, and I'm sure we all know somebody who's been there, or we ourselves might have been there. And when we open up the door to talk about really hard conversations, we're saying, we're saying that I'm here to listen and to love you, and I may not understand what you're going through, but I'm here for you. Can you just talk about what things more tangibly and even maybe go into the tools that you use as a holistic life coach um, that you changed? A couple examples that you changed. Of course. Um, yeah, uh, the work began with, uh, it started with mindfulness because it was part of um, my therapy, my therapy uh, work. It was part of me being in therapy. So it started off with mindfulness. And then it went into self-awareness and becoming aware of what am I experiencing right now? Where am I feeling it? Where, what emotions am I feeling in my body? Um, you know, oh, I just had a negative thought. Is there something, is there a reason why I had that negative thought? And it was just constant introspection. And I'd have to say a lot of self-talk, to be honest. And journaling and writing letters um, to myself and to people who um, affected me in different ways, negatively or positively. And I never sent these letters out. I just wrote them for myself. And I would just sit there and write until I felt like I got it all out of my heart. And so I found that writing, mindfulness, meditation, um, and doing things that are scary really are the tools that I would say really helped me change and change just the way that I see the world and the way that I want to be presented um, to the world. Mindfulness started out with actually naming the experiences that I am currently experiencing in the present moment. So there's like this method of five, four, three, two, one, and it's just kind of going through your senses of what you're, what you see, what you're feeling, um, what's around you, um, what are you smelling, things like that. Um, that helps me always 
find myself back into the present moment immediately whenever I felt like my thoughts were getting spiraling out of control and I was going into the past and I started feeling negative, heavy emotions again. Meanwhile, I'm standing in Starbucks, you know, it's like, okay, wait, why am I, why am I feeling like this? Okay, wait, okay, I see a barista getting coffee and this man is, you know, sneezing right there and oh, I smell this and you know, so I just started bringing myself back. Oh, I'm sorry for my dog. Um, I self, I just start by bringing myself back to the present moment. What am I actually experiencing right now? And often when I do that, I find that my thoughts end up becoming quiet and I really am not thinking anything at all when I'm in the present moment because I'm absorbing information rather than trying to react or respond to something. I'm just noticing things. So I would say observing and then naming things that are around you was something that first started me off with mindfulness and um, helped me become a more mindful person. But there's plenty. If there's one thing that you could have told yourself a year ago, is do you think there was anything that you could have said or someone else could have said to you which would have broken through to you? That's a really good question. I actually just, that's so interesting that you bring that up because the other day I had realized that I, I love to write love letters, especially when I'm in a romantic relationship. I just love to just express myself through a letter. And um, I realized that I haven't actually really sat down and wrote a love letter to myself. And so I wanted to write one to, to my past self because I don't identify with her as much as I identify with who I am now. But I don't want to forget her and I don't want to treat her like she's... Um, and see how I'm talking about her in third person is because I really have um, removed myself from that experience. And so when I think about her and I think about what she went through, all I can see is, man, I should have told you that I loved you a little bit more. I should have just told you that I, that I loved you and that I, and that I should have always loved you even when you're being blah, 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 blah. Because even in those times, I love you. And this love that I have for you is so great that you don't need anything else. So stop looking. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, I actually wrote that down in my, I write, in, I wrote it in my phone and I saw it the other day and I just, I cheered up a little bit because I realized how much saying just, hey, Kayla, I love you can just feel like, wow, you know, thanks. Thanks, like pat on the back, hug. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. And um, Lisa Valdez Romero, who is um, going to tell us about her journey, also very incredible and shares, a, it's a very different story, but it shares a message of making choices, um, being confronted with big life choices, um, and then how our lives end up becoming those choices. Hi everyone, my name is Lisa. Um, First, I'd like to commend Kayla because you're an excellent speaker. Um, I've been a dancer my whole life, so I can dance in front of thousands of people, but when it comes to talking, <laughs> sometimes it can be a little difficult for me. I'm more of an introvert. I express myself through dance and music. Um, but my name is Lisa Valdez, and I own, a, um, I own actually um, three different businesses or three different entities. I own a dance fitness studio um, in San Antonio. Um, with over, well, before the pandemic, we had over 300 members. Um, it was for kids and adults. I also own my own uh, fitness brand called Vegas Stiletto Fitness, where I teach women fun, empowering chair dances. 
um, and I certified instructors to run their own Vegas little fitness businesses in their own communities because um, we specialize in hosting uh, women team building, bachelorette parties, birthday parties for women by teaching them a dance. So we make it fun and give them a Vegas feel. Um, then I also own a nonprofit 501c3 organization called Project Smash, where we provide dance and fitness educational programs for local shelters, children homes, rehabilitation centers, and low-income community. Um, so I know it sounds like a lot, but I will tell you how I was able to use my life experience basically as stepping stones to get to where I'm at today. Uh, so I do have a little bit of a timeline. So um, I'm a little bit older than Kayla there. <laughs> um, but I'm born and raised in Las Vegas. And my family um, migrated, my grandparents migrated from Cuba um, when Fidel Castro first took over. And when they came to Vegas because of the casinos, my parents came when they were very young. They actually met in Las Vegas. And back then, Vegas was very small. It's not what it was, not what it is today. Um, because they were from Cuba, my first language was actually Spanish. Um, so I was, I grew up um, the first, you know, five years of my life, um, you know, being very shy, uh, very introvert, very, um, you know, just, I was bullied a little bit by kids because, the Cuban culture dressed us a little bit differently to school than the American culture. And so um, they would pick on me or whatever because my mom had me frilly dresses, you know, I looked like Shirley Temple when I went to school. And um, so, you know, my mom eventually, she, my parents got me into dance classes at a very young age. I was very fortunate that they were able to afford that. And uh, dance is what made me become just a better person, you know, use my um, better confidence, um, just help me all around with my life. Um, I never thought in a million years that dance would become my profession or my career. Um, but basically what happened was over the years, um, sometimes you have to, you know, you go through different trauma as Kayla was saying earlier, and you just, it's about how you sometimes deal with your trauma. And me personally, I use dance as a way to express myself and to get through all the trauma that I've been through my whole life, which is gears towards my nonprofit nowadays is why I help people that are in need, um, that are, you know, recovering from alcohol, drugs, prostitution, human trafficking. I and mean, we work with all kinds of people and we do all, we do all that through dance. And I have a team of instructors under me that help me um, do this as well. But it's, I believe sometimes, you know, life throws, you know, you're dealt with the cards that life gives you. Um, but if you learn to use it as stepping stones to find your purpose, and not that all this happened to me over the years, which I'm about to, about to explain all the things I've been through over the years. Um, but sometimes I feel that because of all the trauma I've, I had been through, it is what made me become who I am today and given me the strength of, of who I am. <laughs> Short because I still get emotional when I talk about my personal life. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> basically, um, Spanish, the bullying, um, the mental, my mom had mental problems. Um, so she, there was some physical abuse there. Um, <clears throat> I wish I was as strong as you, Kayla, because you're strong when you speak. <laughs> um, um, teen pregnancy. Um, my, um, sorry. <laughs> they say that when you stop crying, you're over it. So I've been trying to get over it, but it's hard. Um, as, as a teen mom, you know, I worked two jobs and um, my, my daughter was um, molested by my babysitter's husband. My babysitter was my grandmother. So I had to go through that ordeal as a young mom. Um, 
then the single mom world, of course, is if any of you are single moms and know how hard it is to just go through that lifestyle of being um, a single mom. Um, then as a single mom and going through the ordeal of my daughter getting molested, my car overheating, um, I worked at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas and um, I worked for hotel operations. I had a pretty good position there. But I was having so much personal problems trying to get to work, car overheating and all that good stuff. They gave me what's called decision day one day when I was in my early 20s, <clears throat> trying to take care of a you know six, seven year old. And they basically let me go. Um, but it was actually all a blessing in disguise. <laughs> That's all the hard stuff, got through that. Um, because from then on, I decided to pick myself up and I decided to go back to what I loved and what I loved always was dancing. It's always what made me feel good. So I went back to dancing um, I, I, after I left MGM and I started working for um, a ballroom studio, huge pay cut. <laughs> However, um, it made me happy and it made me happy. Um, you know, it just emotionally, mentally it just made me happy. So even though it was a huge pay cut and I was trying to, you know, be a single mom and, you know, and take care of my daughter, but I just became so happy that I didn't care and I was going to figure it out. And I did. Um, and in Cuban background, I didn't do know how to salsa dance. And I learned a lot more salsa uh, professionally with the, with the ballroom studio I was working for. So she had me start wanting to um, have background dancers inside her show band. So this is in the 90s and I danced um, on a lot of stages, which I was like one of my dreams to, to dance on Vegas stages. Um, again, dancers don't make a lot of money <laughs> if you're doing it professionally, um, but I was so happy I didn't care. Um, later on, my father had remarried and uh, coincidentally, he meets a girl who's a singer. And so she and I partnered up and we started our own show band called Suave. So we had a main gig at the Tropicana Hotel for about five years. And uh, we, I worked five nights a week, nine o'clock at night till two in the morning, um, doing show, doing three shows a night. And um, I was the lead choreographer. My stepmom was the lead singer. Uh, we had a drummer, you know, it was just a complete live show band um, at the Tropicana Hotel. We also performed all over different corporate events and, and all over different hotels and, and inside the, on the Vegas trip. Unfortunately, dance, you know, as a dance, a professional dancer, you, know, you retire usually around your 30s. So the only thing I knew how to do was dance. I did do some college and I studied criminal justice, tried to do that route, wasn't for me. So I decided to um, open up my own dance studio. I had no money, no credit um just passion that's all i had so i just because i had her young and so i just oh well i took over a, a business i was going out of business and um somehow made it work it was um starting to become pretty successful i opened it up in 2005 um in las vegas on the las vegas strip if you've been to las vegas my my studio was right across the street from the south point casino south point casino um, it was a 5,000 square foot facility. Uh, I grew it over time in 2008. Economy crisis happened. And another stepping stone, um, the you know, first thing to go for people was the dance lessons, because dancing was a luxury. So um, my business started to go down. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a hustler, so I was just trying to come up with ideas. Um, since I mostly cater to kids, I have friends with a lot of moms. They all wanted to learn how to dance a little bit more sexy. And they were like, why don't you do like this and that? So I just, I came up with a stiletto fitness. 
um, to teach them a fun little showgirl type of dance, just to feel empowered. It's for everyday women of all shapes, ages, and danceability. Um, so I, I decided finally I had to let go of the studio and close it down after about four and a half years. And um, I, it was the most devastating thing, one of probably the second devastating thing of my life, other than all the trauma in the past, uh, letting go of that business because I was, I put my whole heart and soul into this. And I fell to my knees and I prayed. And I was like, you know, you put God, you put this in my heart. I don't know why, but now I'm losing this. I'm leaving this in your hands, whatever's next in my life. Um, however, right before we closed down, um, right before I closed down, uh, we were still having some classes and my now husband <laughs> walked in and he uh, was taking classes and he asked me out to dinner. I never say no to food. And so, um, you know, here we are 10 years later, you know, he's my business partner and, um, and the, he's the reason I'm here in San Antonio because he's prior service, he's military. Studio. When I came out to San Antonio, I started just uh, working out of other people's studio. I started uh, renting some space at the community center where we purchased our house and just running little smash programs. That's the name of my company, Smash. And uh, it was doing well. And I, I liked not having an overhead. It was fine like that. But in 2012, I was offered an opportunity by another dance studio owner to partner up with her. And so uh, I partnered up with her and, but three years later, she decided it was too much work for her. So then I took it over completely, just my husband and I. So he, he, him and I worked together full time. Um, so we started off in 2012 with just a small little studio here in San Antonio in 2018. We tripled in size and moved uh, one block over to a, a bigger studio. Um, and now I have, we've expanded to three studios now um, in the same plaza. Uh, running all the different dance programs. Um, that's the little fitness I started back then in Las Vegas. I brought it to San Antonio and that's where I started certifying instructors so they wanted to do what I do. And so now I have uh, about 30 instructors nationwide running my, my, running my program in their cities as well. And my nonprofit, uh, 51C3, is where my heart is at right now as I get older and I feel it's more of my legacy um, is you know, running those programs for um, those people in need that are going through, have gone through trauma, because I've been through a lot of similar trauma. And so I understand, and since I've been able to always use dance and fitness and music as a form of therapy, um, I share that with everybody and, and, I, and I train instructors to share that as well. I'm a mom, my daughter now is 30 years old. <laughs> And I'm a grandma uh, to a five, beautiful five-year-old granddaughter. Um, my daughter helps me run my nonprofit um, in Las Vegas. So I have my nonprofit in San Antonio and I also have it in Las Vegas. Obviously my daughter went through trauma too. So she's really good um, in working with the nonprofit as well. So although we've been through trauma, we've been through all the sad stories, um, we were able to use it as stepping stones for, to, to do something good out of it. And that's basically my story. The courage to make the choices that you both made when getting to that really difficult place in your lives is so inspiring. And it's, it, you know, hearing stories like this is exactly why I am doing this platform and this series because I think it's really empowering to hear, incredibly empowering. Um, to hear how difficult situations can be and what you can do with that difficulty. Um, so 
Thank you. I encourage you to register to be part of the community, um, get on our list and get involved because um, we are really creating a network of women supporting women and empowering each other through our shared experiences like we've seen tonight. It's so valuable. It's sagelink.com, S-A-Y-G-E-L-I-N-K.